I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. This is Your Daily Drive, the podcast where we put our article content in audio format so that you can listen on the run. I am so glad that you are here. I want to deal with a tough subject today. The subject is people that we love, whether they are friends of ours or family members, they are not changing and our hearts are broken for them. There are two ditches here in situations like this. One ditch is we don't care one way or the other about them. That's not the ditch you want to be in, obviously. But I want to talk about the other ditch, that is over-caring for those that we love the most. This is a thing And I know it is a thing for most of us because you love people. You have friends in your life. You may be married to one of those people who is not changing. The title of the podcast and the article on the website, When is Enough Enough? The hardest thing you will ever do. Everybody you love will not change into people that love God and others more than themselves. The two great commandments, as you know. How you respond to this fact will determine the kind of rest you will experience in your soul and how you relate to this unchanging person. That's what I want to talk about. This is a hard topic, as I mentioned. It is difficult uh, for all of us to Uh, recognize one and then appropriate God's grace into our lives. But it is critical that we do this because we are around people that aren't loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is not how they are characterized, and we want them to change. I just received this email from a friend, and she said, in fact, I received the email while I was preparing this podcast, and it was great because Maureen has captured the heart of our ministry. And she said, I just wanted to express my gratitude for you and your team's work. I have found that your articles, podcast, and forum communicate biblically solid wisdom in both loving and firm ways. Now that part I really like because that is always a a tension with us. That is something that we are always thinking about. Jesus was loving, and he was firm. Some people can be loving, but they're not being directive. And then other people can be directive, and it can be harsh because they are not loving. And this is a delicate tension, and it's not easy to hit that mark every time, especially when you consider the amount of content that we put out on, excuse me, that we put out on a daily and weekly basis. And so I appreciate what Maureen said here. Like this podcast that I'm doing now, uh, this is going to be a hard podcast because you have people in your life that aren't changing and you don't want to overcare and you don't want to undercare. But she said uh, the forum communicates biblically solid wisdom in both loving and firm ways. I also appreciate that you call it like it is and are addressing issues inside the church body that are destroying it from the inside out. The body needs more who are willing to go there. Thank you. You're welcome, Maureen, and thank you for your very kind and insightful note. If the Lord has blessed you through our ministry, please, I would love to share it with others. Let people know what God is doing with this ministry. It's important to us. It's encouraging 
but people need to know that they are being that that others are being helped through this ministry because it does answer the question that I get often. Tell me again, Rick, what do you do? Well, we help people, and Maureen is communicating that clearly, and thank you so much for it. If you want to talk about this podcast, then what I want you to do is to write me, and you can get on our forums to do that. The forums that Maureen was talking about, uh, we have free forums. Maureen is a supporter of our ministry, and so she's one of the people that pays for you to be able to talk to us freely. And so as you thank us for serving you that way, you can thank Maureen and all our other supporters that make this ministry uh, move along. Uh, They underwrite the ministry. Basically, that's what they're doing. And we have a free community forum where you can get on it and ask your questions. You can get your username by using your Facebook login. If you have a Twitter account, you can use your Twitter login to create your username and password, or you can create a unique username and password for uh, this ministry, and that's fine too. But there's three options for you, and you must take one because it's the only way you can access uh, our forums. Someone just wrote in today and said, I clicked on the link to the forum and I couldn't get on it. Well, the reason is you didn't have a username and a password. And so you have to do that, and it's the same for most websites. You would not be able to get on Facebook if you didn't have a username and password. You can click on the link all day long, but you're not going to be able to access it. You have to have a username and password. So create that, and then it's smooth sailing from there. You can ask your questions, and we will talk with you. We would find no greater joy than to engage you and to help you with whatever question that you may have. If you want to read this podcast, go to the article on our website, rickthomas.net. When is enough? Enough. The hardest thing you will ever do. You can type some version of that title into the search box, and this article will pop up, and you'll be able to read it. I have a video inside of this article, a a short uh, video. It's about 10 minutes, I imagine, and you can watch it, and it will be great supplemental material. And then I also have three other articles here. And so you could spend uh, two or three hours uh, working through this podcast and the supplemental content to help you to uh, nail this, to start getting it right in your own mind. And you need to do that, especially if you love people. And I know you love people, and I know that you have people in your life that are not changing. So I'm going to talk about Mabel, my old friend, uh, becoming your friend. We have folks who write in, <laughs> and they'll say things like, I am Mabel, or I am Biff. You have just described my life. And so Mabel is my fictional character uh, who really represents all of us. And uh, her friend, sometimes husband, Biff, uh, Uh, He is the same. But Mabel is a professional counselee. You know what a professional counselee is? Let me describe her for you. During the past four years, she's been to four counselors, two churches, and three stints in rehab. She has also gone through three best friends. And I, I put best friends in quotation marks, as you might imagine. And now she is meeting with Marge, her latest new best friend. Though Marge knows how many people, how many institutions, and how many facilities Mabel has frequented over the past four years, she is optimistic she will be different now. 
Marge does not believe she knows better than the other counselors in Mabel's life, but she is hoping against hope that the Lord will change her new friend. Let's index forward. Marge has been working with Mabel for nine months now. It has been a roller coaster ride emotionally. Mabel has repeatedly lied, uh, repented. You could put that in quotation marks because the truth is she hasn't repented, meaning she is not going 180 degrees in the opposite direction from what she has habitually been going for the past few years. She has lied. She has repented. She has manipulated. She has expressed remorse, gotten angry, regretted again, gone on three-day drunks, confessed her sin, and rolled through this list of behaviors again and again. And Marge is exhausted. She's also hurt. She's confused, and she's frustrated and about ready to pull out her hair, something that I have never wanted to do. Actually, I have wanted to do it, but my problem is I don't have any hair, or I don't have much hair, so I do not put my hands on my head. I'm not going to pull out my hair. Marge started out with hope, but within a few weeks, she realized a simple thing like repentance was not something Mabel was willing to do. Marge has been losing faith in the process of change from almost day one. Now, when you begin to lose faith for the process of change, which means your confidence in this person ever changing begins to diminish by the day, you're getting yourself in a a bad spot. But to complicate matters, Marge is a caring soul. She loves people. She has always been for the underdog, and no doubt Mabel is an underdog. In college, Marge started an outreach to the homeless in her city. She also volunteered at the local rescue mission. Marge understands the gospel in the sense that she has been affected by it, and she wants to share the same love with others that God has given to her. These are all fantastic things, by the way. Her passion for others is genuine, and her desire to help is the natural outflow of her regenerate heart. But then there's Mabel. What I'm writing is to all of those who care for others and are at times tempted to overcare. That's the ditch I want to talk about. Not the undercaring ditch, not the apathetic ditch, but the overcaring ditch. I am writing to you who are tempted to, at times, to overcare for those within your sphere of influence that you would like to see change. There are many Christians who love people and try to help others change. Sometimes these Christians over-try to the point of becoming frustrated or fearful when the people they care for do not change. If you want to know if you're over-trying, I've just given you two indicators. If you become frustrated at someone who is not changing, you are over-trying. If you are fearful about a person who is not changing, you are over-trying or over-caring. You cannot have disrupted shalom of the soul. If, if another person, if an individual who is not changing is disrupting the rest, the peace, the shalom that you should have with God, then there is something that you need to adjust in your heart. 
One of the things Marge is doing is interpreting Mabel through how she, Marge, looks at and thinks about life. Think about this for just a moment. For Marge, it makes sense. If you're in sin, you repent, right? Duh. If you're on a path of self-destruction, you get off that road. If you're heading down, you stop, you turn, you begin an upward progression. Marge is interpreting Mabel through how Marge thinks about life. Marge is using Bible logic. You sin. You stop sinning. Makes sense, right? The problem is that Bible logic or biblical common sense is not how everybody chooses to live their lives. Think about it. If so, everyone would be born again. But we know that everybody is not going to make it to heaven. Joshua said in 24:15, Choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, some people will choose to reject the way of Christ. Some people will choose not to do what Joshua is implying and or choose or not would cho- choose not to do what Joshua is doing now this is a truth that every christian knows you know that everybody's not going to accept christ though there are times when we do not want to accept this reality we are tempted to lose track of how everybody will not follow Jesus when it comes to those who are close to us, the people that we love the most, like our family members or close friends who persist in selfish choices. We know that everybody will not be born again. Everybody will not repent. Everybody will not choose life. Everybody will not turn to God. Everybody will not follow in the footsteps of the Savior. Some people will choose their path to destruction which should sober us into a better way of thinking about them. Life on earth is not primarily about the here and now. Life on earth is the time when people choose between heaven and hell. Life is warfare, where there are real winners and real losers. Some people choose life and other people choose death. Mabel is in the war, and she is making eternal choices. Marge... Her counselor is in the fight with her, battling beside her friend, and she is watching her make decisions, which up to this point have been burying her deeper into earthly dysfunction. May I ask you a few questions? Do you have relatives or friends who are choosing a wrong path? Are you over-caring for them? If you are over-caring for them, why are you doing this? You will know if you are over-caring for them if their behaviors are controlling too much of your thoughts and time. Those are two, two more indicators. I mentioned anger, frustration, and fear a while ago as two indicators. Well, here are two more indicators. The person that you want to see change is controlling too much of your thoughts and your time. Marge's heart aches for her friend. She prays, she pleads, she begs, always hoping Mabel will stop, change, and go the other way. Until now, Mabel has chosen death over life. 
Marge is learning how Mabel is defining, defining the kind of relationship she is going to have with her. Those people who are not changing in your life are determining or defining the kind of relationship that you are going to have with them. Mabel's choices are real lines in the sand. She is establishing herself clearly on the side of death, and because of her decision, Marge can only be a beckoning onlooker. It's not possible to have the kind of relationship she desires with Mabel because Mabel is choosing a path that no matter how many times Marge pleads with her, from which she will not change. Now Marge needs to guard her heart while she is engaging her friend. She must guard her heart against loving Mabel the wrong way. Now what I mean is that sometimes our love can be sub-biblical. I'm not talking about unbiblical, as in it is wrong, but sub-biblical. It really doesn't hit the biblical lines. It's not high enough. There's only so much you can do for a person who has made it objectively clear that they are not going to change, at least not at this time. Let me caveat that. Sometimes we can want something so much that we can try too hard to make it happen. That is sub-biblical. She's trying too hard. Marge is leaning heavily on Mabel to choose life as though there were no other options for her. This is Marge again using biblical logic, but the truth is, and what she is not considering, is how there is another option for Mabel. Mabel can reject Christ. She can deny the way of the cross. It is Mabel's choice. There are two options, not one. But Mabel is leaning heavily on Mabel, uh, Marge is leaning heavily on Mabel to choose life. Now, I am not suggesting Marge walk away from the relationship, but when the relationship begins to tempt you to sin, frustration, fear, controlling your thought life, you have to adjust to how the other person is defining the association, which could mean that you create space from the unchanging person. The issue here is not Marge undercaring for Mabel. She's caring too much. She has spoken the truth in love. She has confronted her friend. She has given her wise counsel and many opportunities to change. But Mabel has chosen to be stubborn, to be selfish, to be proud. You see, she's not undercaring because she has spoken the truth in love. She has confronted her friend. She has given wise counsel and has given many opportunities for Mabel to change. Marge is not an undercaring person, but she's an overcaring one. And though it makes perfect sense to Marge for her friend to choose life, she must release Mabel to make her own choices. There is a time to back off from people who have made it clear they do not want to change. May I ask you a few more questions? Do you have friends or relatives who have made it clear that they do not want to change? Are you able to find rest in the Lord even though they are unwilling to change? What does it mean to let them go? What would that look like for you? 
Now, it, it, I'm not suggesting that you totally sever the relationship, but as I did suggest earlier, you may need to create space, especially if you are tempted to sin because of their unchanging ways. You have to learn how to draw your lines, and Marge has to come to a place in her heart to where the dumb choices that some people make do not control her, namely Mabel. This tension, again, is the life of a caring Christian. In one sense, if you do struggle this way, I'm glad. It means you do care. I think caring, is, it's easier to govern people down when they're over-caring than to try to motivate people or to get people to care at all. And I typically draw attention to this truth with those that I train to be counselors our mastermind students, because they come into our program because they care and they want to learn how to care more effectively. And so their temptation will always be, un, uh, will always be over-caring, not under-caring. I doubt anyone would ever come to our program because they don't care about people. And so as my mastermind students, as you all listen to this podcast, please take it to heart because you need to hear this. Some of you need to hear it more than others, but you need to hear this so that you govern your heart that will affect your mind, that will change your emotions as to how you think about unchangeable situations, difficult people, stubborn people. Without question, it's the hardest part about counseling. If you want to be a counselor, you need to know this. Every story a counselor encounters is a sad story. The view is always the same from the counselor's chair. Counselors do not help people who are struggling with excessive joy. They help people who are struggling in sin, whether it is a sin of their own making or sin that has come upon them, something that someone has done to the counselee. Counselors are in the trenches of life, shoveling the manure of humanity. And if they, are not care- if they do not carefully adjust their hearts according to the life and death reality of what they are called to do, they will not make it as a counselor. They will burn out. They will become overwhelmed, even trying to manipulate others to change. This is one of the reasons that counselors can become harsh. As I said uh, uh, earlier, become frustrated. Harshness is a form of anger. They, They can become angry, harsh, frustrated toward the unchanging person. And a lot of that is because they care too much and they haven't learned this fruit of the Spirit called gentleness and self-control, forbearance also, perseverance as well. Many years ago, I asked the Lord to give me the grace to hear the sad stories from those who come to me for care while helping me not to be controlled by them, especially for those who choose to live waywardly. This challenge has been my hardest lesson to apply personally to what I do on a day-to-day basis. There are times when a person will repent of their sin, and there are other times when no matter what you do, the person will not change, which is why I pray this way when it comes to tough situations. Here's my prayer, and you're welcome to use it yourself, and you're welcome to adapt it to fit what's going on in your soul as you relate to your Lord. Father, give me the grace to know where to draw the lines. I do not want to care too little, but I also do not want to be overcome by people problems. 
I want to be controlled by you, not other people. Teach me the wisdom of saying yes, and teach me the grace to say no. It is not my job to change people. It is yours. I am the water giver and the seed spreader. Only you can bring change. And that is my succinct prayer to my father when it comes to what I do for a living because every story is some version of the same. People like Marge have to learn how to rest in divine, uh, divine mystery. It is not for us to know everything the Lord is up to in the lives of others. His ways are mysterious. Sometimes he raises people up to live sinfully to fulfill his glorious purposes. You can read Exodus 9.16 on that one. Even people's sin can be used by God for his glory, which I think we're okay with when the people we're talking about are Pharaoh and Judas. It's harder for us to accept when the sin is someone we know and love. Now, this reality that I am communicating, this biblical truth that I'm communicating to you is not a call to acceptance or resignation regarding our friends, but it is a call to wisdom, to discernment. Sometimes the Lord's plans are higher than our hopes and our wishes. We should never give up on people, but we must never be controlled by what people do, especially those who will not change. Not discerning the fuller work of the Lord, which is what I'm talking about here, it was a mistake that the apostles made. Somehow they got it into their heads that Jesus was going to take over the world right now. What they did not realize was how the Lord was going to use sin sinlessly in a way that would blow their minds. The Father permitted sinful men to sin, which led to the sinful crushing of his Son on a cross. Jesus dying on a cross became a stumbling block for his friends, but for God it was power and wisdom at work. There are times when we can forget the counterintuitive nature of the gospel. We see death and destruction, or in the case of Marge, we see dumb choices that her friend is making, that Mabel is making, and no longer remember how God is in these messes. God is in all your messes, though he may not bring those messes to a conclusion that suits your wishes. The gospel reminds you that what may seem like a disaster, no matter what it is, will eventually bring glory to the Lord. All things will bring glory to God, even the God-rejectors. My advice to Marge is to speak the truth in love. What Maureen was saying earlier, speaking the truth firmly in love to her friend. And for Marge to rest in the higher purposes of God, fully confident that he is working his plan. If you do not get everything you want, or if God does not answer all of your prayers according to how you prayed them, you can still count on the Lord. He is working for your good and his glory. Regardless of what Mabel chooses, one way or the other, she is going to bring glory to God. Here's your call to action to this podcast. The title of the podcast, When is Enough Enough? The hardest thing you will ever do. The way you know if you're over-caring or if you're over-concerned for your friends or family members is by how you think about them. If you are frustrated with them, you are over-concerned about what they are doing. If you are fearful because they are not changing, you're over-caring 
while not trusting the Lord. In either case, there is something you want from them that you are not getting. And because of this thing that you are not getting, you are pressing too hard to get the person to change. Or you are worrying too much because they are not changing. The first thing for you to do is to repent of this mini-Messiah complex that you have. It is not your job to change people. The way you know you're acting like a mini-Messiah is if you are not trusting and resting in the Lord during the time the person is not changing. It is your job to water and plant. The only question you need to be thinking about is if you have done an adequate job in helping the person to change. If you have, God is calling you to rest while trusting him to manage this situation, and Sovereign Lord will do that. Now, perhaps you have a question or two about this podcast because your situation is unique. I've given you a lot of things to think about, a lot of things to reflect upon, a lot of things to talk to your friend about your competent friend who could come alongside you to help you work through this, not the friend in your life who's not changing, but to talk to a friend and say, hey, let's discuss this because I am struggling by overcaring for Jane Doe in my life or John Doe in my life. Would you uh, help me to think through this? And then also, we are here for you because we are an interactive ministry. So jump on our forums. Make sure you're logged in with your username and password, and then let's talk. When is enough? Enough. The hardest thing that you will ever do. And by the way, thank you for caring. Thank you for caring for people. That is the gospel. What we want to do is not overcare. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.